0: You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This week we have a special guest speaker, Randall Petty. How's everybody today? We good? All right, I'm going to tell you all, I've never done this before. I'm scared to death. Just so you know, if I fall off the stage, it's because I'm scared. My mouth's so dry, boy, I feel like I've been eating cardboard. When I started putting this together, when Ben talked to me about preaching, I uh, I went to God and I said, what am I going to talk about, God? What can I say to these people? And God said, you've been through so many battles in your life. And you finally gave in to me and let me fight them for you. It is so great that we have a God that loves us so much. I mean, look at me, guys. I'm all inked up, all headed, beard, biker, way back. But you know what? God said, I want you just like that. Because somebody needs you. Just like that. So I started writing this, and, and my opening was going to be this really cool story about when I joined the military and all the schools I went through and how they trained me to remember your training. Trust your instincts. About two weeks ago, I called Ben, and I said, man, i got to change my opening. And he says, why? I said, because God told me to. So I did. God told me, I don't, that ain't what I want you to say. And I said, well, God, what do you want me to say? He said, talk about the battles we won together. Because whether you believe it or not, there ain't a battle. God's never lost a battle. So he dead gum sure ain't going to lose the war. Okay? So let me tell you a little about me. And I'm going to start at probably the darkest part of my life. I told you I was going to cry. My mom's sitting over here. My Aunt Joan. My Aunt Joan and my mom have been my biggest fans my whole life. I lost my dad 20-something years ago. I lost my Uncle Butch last year. And when Butch passed away, Joan said, I got something for you. And she gave me a bunch of Butch's books on how to pastor how to serve, how to study, how to write. Every part of this was written using those those books. Okay, I'm that tough biker guy. I'm not supposed to cry. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to start in a very dark time in my life. And by the time we get through this message, you're going to understand just what God's got in store for you. I was called to preach when I was 16 years old. Called the minister. I didn't know how, but I told God no. And I spent the next probably 20 years running. Well, the darkest part of my life, I had just come out of a marriage that was, uh, to say tumultuous would be like saying a feather is soft. This marriage was so destructive. On me and on my family, I shunned away from my family for about seven years, and that was step number one. I should have seen that, but in the midst of this marriage and all the craziness and the the anger, I lost my I lost custody of my kids that I'd fought so hard to get earlier. So, coming out of this marriage and this divorce. I was homeless for a minute. So a buddy of mine and his wife said, Won't you come stay with us? Just come stay with us till you can get back on your feet. And I'm like, cool. Well, at the time I was drinking very heavy. I was doing a lot of drugs. And this one night in particular, I found myself sitting in their living room floor with a pistol. I put a round in that pistol. I pulled the hammer back, and I put that pistol in my mouth. I, I was done. I was a failure as a father. Nobody wanted to love me. I'd been married four times. I'm the only person I know that's even close to Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> All right? <laughs> but just about the time I started weighting my finger on that trigger, God spoke to me. And when God talks to me, he talks in a voice that's very recognizable, my voice. And he asked me, he says, hey, uh, hold on a second. What are you doing? I'm like, God, I'm done. I can't hurt my family anymore. I can't hurt my kids anymore. I can't hurt my friends anymore. And I'm tired of hurting myself. And God said, why would you take all of that misery And all that pain, and just hand it off to your mom and your dad and your kids. Why would you do that? You know what happened next? I put the gun down and I cried like a baby. And I'm like, God, what do I do? But I kept drinking and I kept doing the drugs. And about a year and a half later, my best friend passed away, my dad. I look just like my dad. So I have to face him every day. And I remember standing in the funeral home, and I was probably off a binge. I was probably hungover. Who knows? But I remember looking at my dad in that casket, and I remember putting my hand on his hand and just saying, "God, Dad, when you get to heaven, will you please ask God if he can send me some help? Because I can't do this. Five days later, I was introduced to a person who became my best friend. The one person I could talk to about anything. And that's my wife. Little did I know what God had planned. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you think you're too broken, you're not. If you think you're too far down on the food chain, you're not. God likes peanut butter and jelly too. Okay? Okay? So, Heather decided that the only way to sober me up was to get me away from all the people I knew. All the people that were that bad influence on me. So she decides I'm going to take this drunk, drug addict dude right here, and I'm going to move him to the Redneck Riviera. (laughs) Don't ever believe anybody when they tell you they moved to Panama City to get dry. (laughs) Too many bars down there. But she was strict. There's only two women in this world I'm scared of, and they're both in here today, (laughs) my mom and my wife. Well, after we got there and we started making our new life, we started going to church, which is something I hadn't done in a few years. And uh, I remember getting up one morning, getting dressed for church, and something just seemed different. Something just seemed different. And we went into this church, and it was a Pentecostal church. I was raised Southern Baptist. Whoo, culture shock. It's kind of like walking in here the first time, huh? But anyway, I digress. Um, God and I had a little chat during that service because at one point in the service, there was nobody there but me, the preacher, my wife, and God. And that's the day things started to change. Understand being called to preach at, 40, 40, at 16, I'm 58. That's a 42-year journey. Whew. We're going to fast forward about 10 years. My little brother was here. A bunch of y'all remember my little brother, right? Y'all remember, Kyle? I love my little brother. We don't get along, but I love my little brother. And maybe because we're so much alike. But he invited me, he said, Randall, I want you to come to this church and I want you to hear what they're doing because they're doing something special. So I did. Now, as you can see, when I walk into a place, typically, (laughs) I don't get very welcomed very much because I get judged by how I look. But you know, Jesus loves those that are turned off because of the way they look or the way they act. You know, Jesus hung around with drunks prostitutes and all that he likes the humble people he likes the lowly folk he don't want the ones that are standing there screaming look at me that's right. it's not what he wants so when I walked through the door everybody just loved on me and I didn't understand it <laughs> huh <laughs> catalyst what I remember what cat what I remember the Catafam, and I'm proud of it. This place changed my life. Changed my life. That was almost three years ago, Ben, that I walked through that door. And Ben saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And God saw something in me that I surely couldn't see in myself. So I've gone from being that drunk, drug addict, outlaw biker, dealing drugs, carrying guns everywhere I went, to good old me. God does not lose. He doesn't lose. God's not gonna set you up for failure. God knows what tomorrow brings, and you don't. You don't have that crystal ball. God does. God knows. God knows everything. So are you ready? I got any fighters in here? I got anybody ready to fight? Are you ready to fight? Now we're going to talk about how to fight. And how to get God to fight for you. Now we're going to get battle ready. Yes, because there's battles every single day. 2 Corinthians 10. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yes, sir. Every thought. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not telling you, when you get on God's good side that he's just going to take over. God don't do that. God's a gentleman. God's going to wait on you to ask him. Yes, sir. Yes. And if you're not willing to ask him, you ain't ready to win. Right? right? Isaiah 54. Listen carefully. I have created the smith who blows on the fire coals and who produces a weapon for its purpose. I have recreated the destroyer to inflict ruin. No weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment will be condemned. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over the enemy is the heritage of every servant of the Lord. If you're ready to serve, he's ready to fight with you. He'll he'll be there, man. Trust me, I know. Sitting in that living room that day, it would have been very easy for God to say, ah, another lost cause. No, there are none in God's eyes. We are all perfect. We are all righteous, and we are all reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? Can I get an amen on that? All right. So we're going to walk through what I found to be some of the steps of winning battles. Number 1. You have to take these fights to God. You have to let him participate. Yes, sir. You can't do this by yourself. Right. Trust me. I know. The battles we fight may seem fleshly, but they're not. They're spiritual. We're not fighting physically, we're fighting we're fighting spiritually. Right. Paul tells us that the weapons we use are spiritual weapons. These weapons are prayer, the word of God, faith, the power of the Holy Spirit. Just to name a couple. I don't want to get too far into this. But I want you to grip what I'm saying. Sometimes these battles do have fleshly consequences. Addiction, physical sickness, exhaustion, the inability to go on, depression. Just to name a few. And those are a direct result of us not letting God fight for us. That's That's all it is. I overcame the battles of alcohol and addiction because of God's grace and his willingness to stand in the trenches with me and fight. Yes, sir. Because the enemy wants you. You you ever seen a thief break into an empty house? Does that happen? Any young guys y'all broke into? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Thieves don't break any of your houses. They got nothing to gain from it. Satan does not fight for the ones he already owns. He wants us. He wants God's people. And he will pull out every possible weapon in his his artillery to take care of that and to beat you. But he can't beat God. Anything that's worth fighting for is worth surrendering. Okay? Right? Right? If it's worth having, it's worth fighting for, right? Right. That's right? That's what it's all about. Next step. Admit to God that you need his help. Because like I said before, God's a gentleman. God's not just going to walk in and go, Ta-da! I'm here to save the day! Right. It don't work like that. Right. God ain't Mighty Mouse. He ain't Superman. He ain't Batman. He's God! Yeah. Knock. When he comes to your heart, he Knocks. He knocks. He don't just open the door and walk in. Yes, sir. Because you have a choice to make. Yes, sir. And that choice is whether or not you want God to take over. Right? Yes, sir. All right. I've always had a saying in my life: let go, let God. That's been a big thing. Am I right, Heather? That is one of my biggest, I tell my kids all the time, just let go. God's got this. If you hold on to it. When you say you've given it to God, if you keep a grasp on it, God can't do nothing with it. When you pray to have God fight a battle, you become the lowly, the lowly p- private, and He's the general. Let Him win. You can't do it. He never loses. Yeah, you know, I, I said that let go and let God for years, and I never really understood that it meant. Everything in life is destined by God. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He's just waiting for you to take that step. He ain't going to push you. There's a path we all travel. It's called the path of life. As long as we stay on that path that God intends for us, life's good. It's when we take those little side roads, little scenic routes, as I like to call them, that we mess up. Every time you take a side road or a scenic route, it's going to cross back over that highway somewhere. Every time your life crosses that intersection, known as the crossroads, you have a decision to make. Am I going to stay on my path? Am I going to turn left right here and go where God wants me? Too many times I stayed on my path. And I really thought I'd tried to outrun God. But you can't. You can't outrun God and you can't hide from him. Because he's going to come knocking, baby. He's he's like the repo dude. Three payments, he's on your door. Right? Miss three house payments and see what happens. Uh-huh. They're going to come knocking. God's a gentleman. He wants to fight for you, but you have to ask him to. You really do. He's just not going to bust in and take over. The next thing, if you believe God is that powerful and that strong, you got to live in that. you got to rely on that. The good book tells us all the way through just the power of God's God. He created us. Yes, he created this heaven, the earth. He created everything. He is a powerful being. Yes, sir. But he loves you. He loves me. I ain't figured out why yet, but he does. Psalms 84 tells us that we are blessed when our strength is in God. When you accept the Holy Spirit into your life, you're endowed with the strength of God. God. When you say, when you get down on your knees and you say, God, take it! Automatically. Boom. Power of the Holy Spirit's locked inside of you and it cannot go away. You can stumble, you can fall, get up. It can be bad, but get up! Because God is there, always. There's a First, they use in the military. I'll get to that in a minute. Never mind. <laughs> Acts 1 tells us that we receive the power of God when we submit to him. Just think for a second. When we completely submit to God and we let the Holy Spirit in us, we have the power and strength of God. With that power and strength, we have the ability to face anything. Not some things. Anything. Right. In this world or against the enemy. A lot of times, though, we'll put ourselves in bad situations. <laughs> and then we beg God to get us out of them. But that's the thing, guys. I've had people tell me that accepting God's grace gives us a license to sin. Well, look, no, it doesn't. Because when you accept God, you're a new creature with a new heart. And that need to sin goes away. That's the thing, guys. When he places that new heart in you and he takes all that away from you, <laughs> you don't want to do it anymore. Right. You start hearing this little voice in your head that says, "Amen." Hey, man, I would really think about this before I did this. I, would re- I really think you ought to think about this. Yep. You know, I tell people sometimes that God speaks in my voice, the devil speaks in my ex-wife's voice. Anybody in here been married before? Am I right or wrong? Thank you. I had to throw that in there. I got four of them, so I, got, I can pick on all of them if you want me to. Look, 99% of the times we're like Barney Fife. We carry one bullet, and we try everything we can not to shoot ourselves in the foot. Right? Quit making the decisions you're making. Quit making the bad decisions you're making. Trust me, I made plenty of them. I bought drugs from people that, God, today, I wouldn't even go near their house. I mean, whoo Lord. 58 years old, God had a reason for me to be here this long. And we found it. Romans 1, 17, because I want want you to relax in the faith that you have in God. I want you just to release everything and just relax and know that God's got it. Okay? Because he does. He promises you that. He promises you he's got it. If you come unto me, I will take care of it. That's my paraphrase. But it's true. Trust me. When God enters you and you get God's grace, you are forgiven. You're forgiven. No condemnation. That's right. It is taken away with, never to be talked of again. Yes, sir. Boy, it took a lot of paper to write on my desk. Right. Right. You guys know me as a really nice guy. There's about six or seven people in here that know me. He's a nice guy to my friends. But as a real butthole to everybody else. Right. Am I right, Jennifer? Am I right, Chuck? Yeah? I had that reputation, right? He's a good guy as long as you can get on his good side. Ooh, don't get on his bad side. And yeah, if somebody told Jennifer, Jennifer, somebody told you 20 years ago I'd be standing on this stage preaching a message. What would you have said? Ain't no way, right? Ain't no way. I've told you guys before, if you'd met me 10 years ago, half of you wouldn't even speak to me. That's the power of God. Because now, I get hugs every time I walk through the door. I have people search me out to hug me, and I still ain't figured that out because I'm a lot uglier than Ben. I understand why Ben keeps all these waters under here now. I love you too, Miss D. This church means a lot to me. The growth of this church means a lot to me. Joshua 1.9. This is a verse I was telling you about a minute ago. This is also known as the soldier's verse. It's one of the first verses the chaplain on any military installation teaches you. Because this is the one God gave us to show that even the peacemakers need to be held up sometimes. Joshua 1.9. nine. Be strong. Be courageous. (laughs) Never be confused. Because I am with you always. (laughs) Okay, over. You got that part? I'm done. No. Guys, called to preach at 16. I ran hard as I could for 42 years. Mom, am I right? I was not your friend. If I could make money off of you, I was there. If I could give you money for things, I was there. Y'all know what I mean by things, right? Okay. What I did forget was that God made me a promise in that verse. I'm always there. You can't outrun him and you can't hide from him. Promise you. I tried. And I was good at running and I was good at hiding. You can't do it. God loves you so much. So much. So much. He's always right there. I have people see me on my motorcycle sometimes, and they're like, man, you were talking up a storm. Who were you talking to? I was talking to God. He was taking Heather's place on the back seat. I have a bad day, come in from work. When I worked, I'm now retired, thank God. I'd come in and have a bad day at work or whatever. Heather would throw me the keys to my motorcycle and say, go. Take an hour. Go. I can't deal with you like this. She didn't say that, but that's what she meant. And it was like, am I right, honey? You think I didn't know, didn't you? I'm smarter than the average bear. I just look dumb. Um, But those times that I'm out, and you see, if you ever run across, I'm always moving my mouth. It's just who I am. It's how I am. Those are the times that me and God have our best conversations. Seriously. 90 mile an hour down a country road. I'm just kidding. 70 mile an hour down a country road. A lot of times all you can do is talk to God. But I think those times have made me what I am today. Because now, I talk to God when I wake up. I talk to God when I go to bed. And I talk to him all day long. He didn't forget about me. So why would I forget about him? That's what we fail to understand. God will not leave us. No matter what, once you submit to him and you commit to him, for lack of a better way to say it, you're stuck with him. Right? Am I right, Bradford? But it's a good thing to be stuck with him. As you go through these battles, and okay, you've, you've, you've told God you need his help, and you've prayed for his help, and now you've relaxed in your faith. What do you think's next? Thank you, thank you, God. You know why we say thank you before we even get what we're asking for? Because you know He's gonna do it. You know He's gonna do it because God don't lie, God don't cheat, and God don't steal. Trust Him and go ahead and say, God, it's yours. I'm done with it. I can't do it. prayed that prayer right here. God, I can't do this anymore. I'm like a huge mess of this. Every time I think I'm doing good, I wind up doing bad. I can't do this anymore. And I sat, matter of fact, I think I was right about here. And I told God, it's yours. I can't do it. Every time I try to do it, I fail. You know, I prayed that prayer over my dad's casket that he would go to God and he would ask God to send me some help. But I never asked God myself for help. I never went direct to him. Because at that point in my life, I didn't think I could. I didn't think God even wanted to hear from me anymore. God's not like that friend you pissed off at work. He'll always answer that phone. He'll always answer the phone. He'll always answer the phone. He ain't going nowhere. He's just not going anywhere. Look, if you pray to God and you ask Him to fight your battles, if you've admitted to God that you can't do this on your own, and if you're relying on God's strength and power that you're giving it salvation, <laughs> you relaxed in the fact that this battle is almost over because go. God don't lose <laughs> I got a buddy of mine he, he called me a while back and he said uh, Randall man uh, man I'm in a bad financial shape I said okay what do you need man I, I got to pay my power bill okay what do you need well, I need some money. Brother, I ain't got no money. I'm living on fixed income. Well, we're living on one income and a piece. Um, I said, man, I can't help you with that. I said, have you prayed about it? Yeah, man, but it's like my prayers are never answered. This guy does a lot of side work. And he says, yeah, I had a couple jobs way before last, that I could have done, and I I was too tired. God ain't in the banking business, folks. You can't tell God, God, pay my power bill. God, pay my phone bill. God, pay my rent. (laughs) If you think God's going to show up riding with the postal driver and drop a check in your mailbox, you are sadly mistaken. God ain't a banker. If you think you're going to wake up one morning, and there's going to be a fresh, crisp wad of $100 bills on your counter waiting for you, you're wrong. God's not a banker. But he may offer you something that will allow you to make money to pay that bill. God works in the details, people. God is a gentleman. If your troubles and your battles and all that good stuff revolve around your relationship, try sharing God's word together. Try praying together. Try spending time with God together. You want to fix your marriage? You want to fix your relationship? Give give it to God. Sorry, store-bought teeth. Can't stand them. I've always been afraid of that happening, but it's all good. We're going to move on. Give it to God. Break out a Bible after dinner. Sit down with your wife. Sit down with your kids. Share the word. Told you I've been married five times, right? Right. You know what's wrong with the first four? I picked them. You know what made the next one so great? God picked her. And she is more than willing to follow me through anything. I told her, whew, when... I started going through a mentorship with Ben. We started these classes for counseling. I told her, I said, who, are you ready? She said, I just got one question. And I said, what? She said, we were supposed to be moving to the beach. Nope, got to put that on. Oh, God wants me here. God wants me a catalyst. I'm here. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. She's all in too. She said, okay, no problem. So if you want to fix your relationship. Share that relationship with God. God should be first. God should be first. God is first in my life. Then comes my wife, my kids, my parents, my friends. God's first. Heather knows that. If God asked me to go out tomorrow and go to Nairobi or go to Africa or wherever, if He asked me to go to Afghanistan, He said, I really need you there. I'm going to pack a bag. I'm going to go get my passport. Because I'm going to follow God wherever he sends me. And she knows that. Ben, I don't know how you do this, man. This is hard. Jeez. Philippians 4. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Reminds us, do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Everything. If it's troubling you, pray about it. If it's hurting you, pray about it. When you pray about it, let it go. That's the best piece of advice I can give you. Don't hold on to it. Tell God your needs. Thank Him for everything He's done in your life. Then you can experience God's peace, which exceeds anything, anything that we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts, our minds as we live a life as close to Jesus Christ as we can. Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Do you know why? Because the enemy's very strong, too. The enemy is stronger than you are. That's how he influences you. He uses the things we like the most to get to us. He likes to tell you, you know, you're really just not good enough for that job. You know, you're really a little like crap this morning. I know you don't feel good. You can stay home from church today. That's the kind of things he tells you those are easy for us to grasp. Anything negative that you're being told is not of God. God is not in the negativity business. He's in making your life as bright as he possibly can. He wants you to enjoy your time here. He don't want you to struggle. Our God wants you to be happy. It's a big five letter word, happy. I've been miserable You've been miserable, but you know what? I am happy. I'm happy doing God's word. Wrap yourself in the armor of God and know that the strength of the best warrior ever is on your side. Never fear asking others to pray for you. Why do we have a problem with that? I'll call. I'll call Bradford all the time. And say, "Hey, man, I can really use a couple prayers." And somehow or other, we usually hook up somewhere and he prays for me. I do it to Ben just about every day. Pretending that the battles in life, or that there are no battles in life, is a waste of time. But it's a tool that the enemy uses to get us to forget how to fight. He don't want us fighting. So he uses his tools. After all, there is no battle. There is no need for diligence, warriors, or weapon. He makes us unprepared, undertrained, and without the tools to fight. Because the battles do come, and we're going to face them regularly. Second Timothy two three says, "Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ." This implies that signing up doesn't make it easy. It actually may be a little harder in the beginning, but it's worth the fight. God does not leave us weaponless. He doesn't leave us alone. It's our responsibility to be prepared. We have to be prepared to fight when we ask Him into the battle. If we're ready, He's paving the way for a victory. God would never set you up for failure. It's our responsibility to be prepared, to pick up the weapons and learn to use them. Because if we're ready, he's paving the way for grace. This grace gives us the things that we do not deserve. We don't deserve them, but he freely gives them. Like a measurable love and victory in the battles we face in our spiritual lives. Man, I remember in these dark times man it's hot up here um, there were a lot of times that you know I would look up and go God man if you just take this hangover away I promise I'll go to church mom next weekend I'll never do that again <laughs> then about 4 o'clock phone ring hey man we're going to have cocktails okay I'll meet you there why not it's when we find out in our hearts and in our minds that we really can't control anything we have no control over anything the only thing you can control is your decisions you make a bad one hey chalk it up move on put it behind you don't make it again you uh, you picked the wrong girl. You picked the wrong girl. I know that one good. God picked the right girl. And if anything is, my mom actually loves this one. That works. The tools that we are given are many. Most importantly, the strength of Jesus Christ. And that's given to you when he seals the Holy Spirit in you at salvation. Next are prayer, humility, the word, forgiveness, refuge, boldness, and hope. If you will spend your time on your knees and you'll talk to God, he'll win it all for you. If you will learn to live in the word of Christ and you will learn to live your life, God does not expect us to be perfect. Anybody ever tells you that a Christian has to be perfect? They don't know what they're talking about. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need God. Right? So I'm the least perfect of all. But like I said earlier, God likes the lowly. God qualifies the called, He does not call the qualified. That makes sense. Everybody understand that? God is not going to ask you to do anything that He doesn't prepare you for. Right. Took me 42 years sure. from the day I was called to the day. And look at me now. So God qualifies the calls. He doesn't call the qualified. He will get you ready. Because I made a promise to God that if He would get me ready, I'd be there. I'd do what he wanted me to do. These tools can either be used in offense or defense. They're often laying unused, rusted, falling apart, instead of worn, comfortable, and at the ready. If you're not using the tools God gives you to fight, you're going to lose. You're going to lose on your own anyway. So God prepares you. Let us fight together with God and see battles and the victories. See, victory is in the battle so that we can know that the Lord is real and His provisions for us in these battles can be counted on. Pick one of these weapons today and exercise it. Forgive your brothers and sisters. Confess your sins. Move forward in forgiveness. Don't let your pride ruin your relationship with God. I did that for a long time. Pray for the strength to follow through. Allow God to offer His grace small ways that bring lasting change because as you see God fighting your battles for you and with you you'll discover another weapon that has power you never understood and that's the weapon of thankfulness I'm thankful that God loves me enough I'm thankful that God loves me enough and I am enough I'm perfect God wants me just like I am You think God's not going to use you because you're different? Jump on. I'll carry you where you need to be. God likes different. Everybody needs something different. I'm one of those guys that, you know, that Sunday morning, Mom, I'm sorry about what I'm fixing to say, but I'm going to say it. That Sunday morning Baptist suit and tie, it's probably not going to come to me. That dude that works the backhoe down at the construction site. That boy that gets off work on Friday and goes home and has a beer because he's had a rough week. That mama that is so worried her kids are failing. They'll talk to me. Because God prepared me. And I will prepare you for anything. Thank God for that grace grace is on your side. Thank him for the strength for the refuge he offers. Your gratitude to him will turn to praise for Him, And the enemy will have no choice but to flee before the power of praise in your life. And then your battles will transform. Grace is yours for the picking up and preparation. Grace will turn your battles into praise and the ground will become firm beneath your feet as you follow Jesus in battle. Battles are going to come whether you believe or not. Being a soldier in the army of Jesus Christ gives you a place on the winning team. Jesus gives your victory in battles that seem too dark to fight. God will never leave you by fight Use the tools that God gives you. Be prepared. Be encouraged. Because God in all of His grace All of his glory and all of his love is there for you. It's a gift, guys. All you gotta do is ask for it. They say there's no such thing as a free life. No, there's free love, free grace, and all you gotta do is ask for it. Sorry, I uh, probably bored some of you. Absolute honor. To call Catalyst my home. It's an absolute honor to spend time with these guys. Usually I'm right in here somewhere. for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at IamCatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.